We're back. Before I said we'd be back, this is For the Glory KC, where we bring a mix of in-depth Kansas City soccer knowledge and a more casual perspective. I'm Chad Smith, associate editor at the KCSoccerJournal.com. Actually, just KCSoccerJournal.com. Don't type the in front of it. That's not going to work. I'm going to take you a bit more in-depth, <laughs> and I'm joined, as always, by my wife, Stone Cold, Sheena Smith, who gives us that casual perspective. What's up, Stone Cold? Not much. You're putting that in front of things like I do. That's an old person thing. Is that an old person thing? Oh, that's good to know. I like how you hesitated slightly yeah. when I called you Stone Cold because you didn't realize that that was you since I changed your nickname every episode. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> All right. Well, the reason we no are problem. back early, the reason we're back early is because this is my soccer Christmas here. Uh, this is MLS salary release day. We never know when it's coming. It just happens randomly. Sometimes it's in May. Sometimes it's in June. Sometimes like 2020, they just never release the numbers. And I sit around wondering what's going on before I get in touch with the PA. And we got that first data. This is Tuesday the 16th. And if you've been over to KCSoccerJournal.com, you've seen I've written several articles already. It, it's eaten up my afternoon after I got off of work. So uh, lots of information out there. But most importantly, and the reason we thought, hey, bonus podcast is we now know what all the sporting Kansas City players are being paid. Sheena, what were your like initial fast reactions to you know what's going on here with the salary situations? Well, it's crazy to me, which I think everyone before we even had the salary list, we thought Kyrie signing an extension was crazy. And then to see how much it is and to see he's like in the top 10 most like highest played players on the team is just bonkers. Like I cannot get over this. He is not worth $625,000 or yeah, $625,000. Hundred thousand dollars, yeah. Six hundred twenty-five thousand, yeah. You had it right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I like had a moment. I was like, this "That like, sound right." This is like how our daughter describes numbers, where she just says <laughs> like extra hundreds or extra thousands in the middle of saying other numbers. Yeah. So you've been hanging out with her a lot. It's rubbing off on yeah. you. Yeah, I guess that's his guaranteed compensation. Maybe you could explain the difference between the base salary and the guaranteed compensation. I did read your article, but I've already forgotten. <laughs> yeah, you know. Sorry. It's funny. I was planning on explaining this because I feel like it's that's where my bit more in depth comes in. So when they release the data, it comes out with two numbers, a base salary and a guaranteed compensation. The number we're going to refer to tonight is the guaranteed. It's the higher number, the second number. And basically what that is, it's like prorated to include any sort of bonuses that they get. Now, The Athletic did a bit of an explainer, theathletic.com. If you've never been to that, it's a great website. It great coverage around MLS and other sports. But they did a bit of an explainer and it's so complicated. I don't even want to really go into it because they said basically it's like not accurate 100% because the bonuses are calculated different than they're calculated on the salary budget, blah, blah, blah. Basically, though, we're going to just use that higher number because it has extra compensation that the player has earned being prorated over potentially the life of the contract, depending on you know what calculation you're using. But I okay. knew... I knew you were going to start on Kyrie because, yeah, that number, 625K, it's a lot. It's uh, unexpected. Do you remember what I said I would be yeah. okay with if he made what number I would be okay with earlier in the year when we when he re-signed and we were flabbergasted? I don't, but I'm just going to throw a number out there, like 400,000. No, I said if he's played for the minimum, that's about the only oh. time I'd be able to accept Kyrie being back on this team because it's $625,000. You can get 
so many other players around the league. Yeah, It is, I mean, oh, it's insane that they're paying him that much money. It goes back to this conversation. I, I'm sure you've heard the people where they say, what what blackmail does Kyrie have on Peter Vermees? How I've does said he... that. Oh, have you said it too? What okay. Dirt... Yeah. What dirt does he have on Peter Vermees that he has such a hold on this team that he knows something or something has happened to him? I'm, I'm convinced of it. Yeah, it there is just a lot of players that this team could go sign for that much money that, that they, frankly, it, it's crazy. It's crazy. You could get a much better player for that money, or you can get a player on Kyrie's level for probably the minimum, a young guy that has compensation. Okay, but I don't want to just make this a beat up on Kyrie episode here. Uh, a few other things I'll point out, and then you can kind of t- give some takes on the salaries. Is wait, I can I ask you something real quick? Yeah, is the league minimum $67,360? Ah, here's where my nerdiness comes in here. So, the league has multiple minimum salaries. If you are on what's called the yeah, I know if you're on what's called the reserve roster, which is essentially like the last six spots, you can make as little as $67,360. If you're on the supplemental roster or making the senior minimum, you can make $85,000. 444 so and then Ah. it goes up every year there's like raises built into that that by the end of this current collective bargaining agreement that it ends in 2027 uh, the minimum will be up to 100k so right now it's kind of crazy to think that like many people that we just know in our lives make more money than a minimum player on a professional sports team that's like the top league in the united states for soccer so they're rectifying it though they're working on it it's just a slow slow build on getting these numbers further up the table Gotcha. Um, Before you go into a few other things, just real quick, what is one hot take you have about what you've seen? I gave you my hot take. What's yours? You're putting me on the spot. You want me to give a hot take? Um, <laughs> I guess the the shocking number for me, uh, Roger Espinoza, making that aforementioned minimum eighty five thousand four forty four. I think though it's sort of reasonable. It's I didn't know if he was going to come back. But for him to take a cut, he was making 300K a few seasons ago. He was a designated player. He was one of the highest paid players on the team. For now, him to be making the minimum just shows he's dedicated to the cause. He maybe just wasn't ready to retire yet. It also shows that Peter Price shouldn't be playing him as much as he is, which he has let him rest yeah. a little bit the last few league games. So hopefully he he sticks to that and lets some of these young guys take his spot or our big stars that have recently come back like your Gadi Kindas and whatnot. Yeah, it's interesting. I was surprised by his as well. I kind of put him him and Zussi in the same category. So I was surprised to see that Zussi makes it like a ton more, 325,000. So uh, why, why are you saying numbers? So I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Just say 325K. We'll know that K okay. means thousand. 325K. I don't know why I'm saying it's so weird. I guess I just am not saying numbers out loud these days. I don't know. Well, our you salaries guys. are nowhere near this, right? So it's like we just yeah. can't put our head around it. Like there are numbers that I don't know. mean it. Those are like that's the price of a house, right? That's not that's not a yeah. salary that you make in a year. So um, Graham Zussi's salary was literally the cost of one of our houses at one point in our <laughs> lives. Point. Yes, this yeah. is not not untrue. Uh, yeah. <laughs> good for you, Graham. You you that said for to sure. your take on Graham making more than Roger, I think it's deserved. I think he's a better player still than Roger. No offense to Roger, I think Roger does a lot in terms of being that locker room glue guy. 
guy. He's the uh, concierge. He's helping these guys out, uh, getting them acclimated to the city and the team. And he, uh, Peter always talks about how if there's like a lunch table, Roger won't go sit with where everybody's at. He'll go sit with the one guy that's by themselves and kind of bring Aww. them into the fold. So I think I he does a that. lot. Yeah, he does a lot more than just being a player on the field, which he still has some ability maybe to close out a game. I just don't want him starting anymore. But I do think Zussi is better. Yeah. Though, if he can't stay healthy, he got hurt a lot in 2022. He's been hurt a little bit this year. We'll see. We'll see. I uh, He's yeah. got to be coming towards the end of it. He does have another year where they could pick up his option and keep him around for 2024. Same for Roger. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, new, cool. new Thanks numbers. for sharing. Can yeah. I give you some new numbers? All right. You I always sure like can. to start with, besides the things we actually already started with, I always like to talk about the new players that have joined the team. There aren't a ton of new guys overall, but the highest paid new player is Nemanja Radoya, who's coming in at just over $1.5 million. $1.53 million. He is the defensive midfielder who recently started and looked pretty darn well. Uh, looked pretty darn good. That's bad grammar right there. <laughs> uh, but Peter said not just good, he was excellent in that game. And hopefully we see a lot more of him. He's been hurt basically all year. The next highest paid new player is Tim Leibold, the left back who I will forgive you if you don't know him because he's barely played. He came off the bench a couple of times. He started one game against the LA Galaxy and immediately got hurt. Well, not immediately, like 60-something minutes into that game. And we have not seen him since. Side note, he is back participating in practice. So hopefully we'll see him soon. He is making $501,050. Next new guy on the list here is going to be Danny Rosero, right behind him. $456,000. He's the starting right center back since he arrived. What did he play like five, six days after he arrived on the team? And then all the other yeah. new guys are on minimum contracts. Castellanos on the regular minimum, 85444. And then Steven Afrifra, Danny Flores, and Chris Rindoff, who of those, only you've only seen Afrifra and Rindoff, unless you're watching SKC2, where Flores has been playing. They're making 67360 So not very exciting numbers for them. Any thoughts about those other new guys, though? Rodoya, Leibold, Rosero. Yeah, now that I know how much they make, like Rodoya better step up and live up to the amount we're paying him. I Leibold, I hope he's good for as much as we're pay, play, paying him. Oh my gosh, those two words are too similar. Are you but... sure that you're ready to do a bonus podcast, Sheena? <laughs> I am. numbers, it's all falling apart tonight. It really is. But yeah, Leibold, it's a lot of money considering he hasn't, He's played like 60 minutes in one game and has been hurt. I feel like Rosero so far, he's living up to his paycheck. I'm cool with that. Yeah, and he's a nice contrast because if you'll remember, the center backs on the team last year, Nicholas Isamont Marin and Andre Fontes both made over a million dollars. And Rosero is the second highest paid center back. I'm sorry, no, he's the first highest paid center back. He's just a few thousand dollars ahead of Robert Volater, who's the second highest paid guy. And he's the second highest paid defender behind Libel. So to go from having defenders making over a million or not too long ago, Zussi was making like 750K, something like that, to having some more reasonable numbers, at least if our defense isn't playing amazing, we're not paying them like superstars, right? Because it was annoying seeing Izzy and Fonte giving up goals left and right when they're both making over a million bucks. So speaking of Fontes, the reason he's not on that list anymore 
took a massive pay cut. He's down more than half his salary to 450000 from over a million for all the other years that he was on the team. So what do you think about bringing Fontes back at less than half his pay? I find that interesting. I feel okay with it. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'd love to know the reason why he didn't try to go onto another team and potentially make more you know maybe nobody offered him more maybe he really likes being in kansas city a lot of these guys really seem to love the culture of this team and i remember in the offseason saying you got to get rid of at least one of those guys izzy or fontis if i'm you made me choose i chose izzy but I said, if we're bringing back either of them, they need to come back at less. And Sporting had more control with Fontes because with Izzy, they had to either pick up his option and just pay him his whatever it was, $1.1 million that he was making last year, or they could decline his option and try to renegotiate versus Fontes was out of contract. So it's a little bit easier to say, hey, you don't have a job. If you'd like to stick around, you know, you, you missed a lot of you missed half the games you ever played on your contract. Maybe give us a little bit yeah. of a discount here. That's kind of what I've been holding out hope for Polito, right? He missed at one point over half the games that he could have played for sporting. So he's getting 2.2 million a year. He's the highest paid player on the team still. And he has not earned that 2.2 million because he's not on the field enough. No. So I'm hoping that if he does come back, which I know a lot of people are out on that idea, we'll see how the season goes. I'm one of them. Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> uh, I I hope that he comes back at a discount. So we'll see how that plays out. I feel like why would he come back on a discount when he has his old team trying to sign him? That's fair, but maybe they don't want to pay him that much either. Just because they want him doesn't mean they want to give him $2.2 million. That's it. There's no salary cap in Liga Emekis, so they could pay him more money and it not matter versus in MLS. If you give a guy over $1.651 million, then basically they, they you could have gave him $100 million. So it wouldn't have mattered. It hits your budget the same way. So it doesn't make a lot of sense to give players big contracts if when you can go get like a superstar for that same slot in terms of like how it counts against your roster. Obviously, I'm talking about billionaires and spending their money or the Illig family and whatnot. But hey, uh, I, if you put me in charge, I'll, I'll spend your money. <laughs> Uh, I'm sure you would. I have a question for you. Who do you feel like is making too much money? I said Kyrie. Do you have somebody else in mind? Yeah, Kyrie's a good shout. I, I mean, if he's my number one for sure in terms of making too much money. I have another one for you that's a bit of a negative take. I don't know if you're going to like this, but Tim Melia, he's making $637,500. He got about a $100,000 raise over his previous salary and a little over 100K. And he is the seventh highest paid goalkeeper in the league i don't know about you i don't know that he's the seventh best goalkeeper in the league like do you pay that much for a guy when i think mcintosh's look pretty good granted literally less than two mls games under his belt pulls camp the jury's still out but i i like him i think he's got promise i think he's got potential he's making a lot less both of those guys are under 200k so you can get a starting quality keeper for less than that and if you're not getting like one of the best keepers in the league i don't think you should pay that much especially this is yeah. a new contract they just re-signed him so they could have offered him less they i feel like they had leverage but maybe vermis you know he just loved tim and wanted him back yeah his amount is kind of surprising I, you know, there's a few players on this list where I feel like they're getting paid a lot of money to not do very much. The one that comes to mind for me is Janice Marinos or Marinos oh, Janice, whatever. So close. Every time, every <laughs> time. And always. it's literally, literally the name is right there where it says first name. And I You're still, reading it. It says first name. Last I know. Name. <laughs> I know. But he gets paid 625 k to basically sit on the bench. It's crazy to me. 
So here's where my nerdy in-depth piece comes in. Usually I'm a little bit more in-depth today. I'm deep into the weeds. I'm way down there. <laughs> so this 625K, think of it a little bit differently. So Marino Shanis, along with Robert Bolliter and Logan Ndenbe, are both, or all three rather, are U22 initiative players. What that means is if they're signed and they're under 22 in the year that they sign, then they only count for $200,000 against the salary cap. And you can pay them up to 651K basically right now. And the number moves up every year. So they could pay transfer fees. They could pay millions of dollars for these guys. And they literally did pay over a million for all those guys based on the rumors that we've seen. And you could pay them up to 650K and it's only going to count for 200k against your salary. Now, just because you can do that doesn't mean you should do that. Maybe they spent improperly. I don't think we've seen enough of Marinos to know if he is good, bad, indifferent. You know, he's just not getting a lot of chances out there. Yeah. But for that kind of wage, maybe he should be getting some more chances on the field, right? Like he, he's he's getting a good salary there. I definitely think he should be having to get out there and play some more. I bet we see him tomorrow against uh, LAFC. But yeah, that one, he kind of surprised me. Volidaire kind of surprises me. I get what you're saying with them being under 22, but still, it's a lot of money. And I think we're convinced he's in the doghouse right now with Peter Vermees. So he's getting paid all this money. And yeah, Volitor may be the fifth center back on the depth chart, right? Based on what we've been seeing yeah. lately. I, I'm hoping that they give him more of a chance. I think I made this case in the last episode that he's not really got to play left center back hardly at all. So let's yeah. let him play his actual position before we say, you know, screw this guy and don't let him play any games anymore. I, I think there's potential there. I thought he played pretty good at right center back out of position. He's incredibly left footed. Let him play where he's supposed to play. I'm hoping that he's next up in behind Fontes if Fontes for some reason like goes and gets another red card or something like that, or, you know, needs a rest because he's one of the older guys on the team. But yeah, Valder, second highest paid center back, but he's maybe fifth on the depth chart. That's not good money spending. And that's uh, that's Peter Vermees, right? He's the one signing the players as well as coaching the team. I had a question. Courtney Ford, he's on this list. He still gets paid even though he's out for the year. Is that right? Yeah, absolutely. So his contract okay, is guaranteed good. for injury. I believe he has another option year after this year. I could be wrong. I don't have the contracts in front of me, but he would still, yeah, they could decline his option or if he's out of contract, obviously let him go. But he's only making 170000 which you know, great pay for not getting to play soccer, but at the same time, I'm sure yeah. he's working incredibly hard rehabbing. I've been watching videos of Claire Lavoger for the KC Current doing rehab and her like not being in shape and working back from an, a catastrophic knee injury. She's in way better shape than I think I've ever been in my entire life and they won't let her on the field yet because she's not healed. So I, I know that when guys are hurt, they're still working pretty hard. We heard that from Polito and Kenda too, how brutal their return was and work, rehabbing for a whole year. You know, it's, it's kind of wild. Yeah, yeah. It is crazy. Do you feel like there's anybody on the team that you think deserves a raise based on how they've played so far this year? Jake Davis comes to mind for me because he's at the the minimum for senior. The, the supplemental roster, yeah, supplemental, is the word he's okay. at. Yeah, <laughs> I know there's so many different designations. MLS rules, they're complicated. Yeah, Davis was the first name that I was going to throw out as well. Obviously, the sample size is incredibly small. I was kind of worried he was never going to get his chance, so I'm glad to see that he's getting on the field because we've seen guys that never really got too much of a run out. Kabe, Rad, Juan Cousin, those guys that are gone now that were homegrown guys. So I'm hoping for Davis that he does get, you know, keeps getting raises and keeps sticking around. Speaking of raises, 
Felipe Hernandez got a little bit of a raise. He's up to $207,000. So he was one of those guys on a minimum for his first contract, and he's worked his way up to a better deal. So I think that's pretty cool. Uh, Cam Duke got a raise too. He's up to 140K. Although I do right now, if you made me choose, I think he's a cut and he's gone after the year, which is kind of a shame because he's still so young, but he just hasn't proven himself when he's been given chances, admittedly out of position. And then he hasn't even played great for SKC too. There's guys on that team that I think have been better than him. And uh, hopefully now that everybody knows what he's getting paid, he's uh, stepping up his game a little bit. <laughs> Pro- yeah, probably not how I, things work. Probably not. But yeah, I was surprised to see how much he made as well. So Sheena, speaking of salaries being released and people knowing your salary, how weird would it be if at our jobs, our salaries were published mm-hmm. and like everybody, your coworkers could see them, outsiders could see them. Like how odd would that be? It would be odd. I hope somebody would be like, man, some of these people deserve a raise or man, they get paid too much for what they do. I'm sure there'd be a little bit of that on both sides. I think I would be depressed to find out that people that have been doing my job and doing it less well, (laughs) were making more money than me would really kind of bum me out. So maybe it's for the best. I don't know. But for competitive reasons, I think I should know. This kind of goes back to, remember a few seasons ago, Fontas' salary came out. We found out he's making over a million bucks. And then Ike Opara, who had just gotten a pretty substantial raise, but was still making way less than Fontas, wanted a new contract again. And then it led to a rift and then he ultimately got traded to Minnesota United. So it does have ramifications when these things come out for sure. All right. A few other salaries worth highlighting here. Johnny Russell took a massive pay cut. He used to make $2 million. Now he makes $1 million. Now, I want to give a little context to this. Before the season, we found out that Russell was no longer a designated player. A DP, really quickly, is basically you can pay an unlimited amount of money to them. You can pay as big of a transfer fee as you want to acquire him, like Ronaldo, you know, and then you can pay him whatever salary you want. He no longer was a DP. And I asked Peter Vermees, hey, you know, what's the deal with this? And he basically said they front loaded his contract. They made him a DP one year and made it, gave him a reduced salary another year so they could kind of move things around and be able to sign other guys. The player that replaced him as a designated player is Eric Tommy, who now makes 1.65 ish million dollars. You guys don't need all the dollars and cents there, right? It's about a 300 plus thousand dollar raise for Tommy. And he is now the designated player in the spot of Johnny Russell. And then along that same lines, Daniel Shalley was at a contract and signed a new deal. He now makes 1.1 million dollars after he made just over half a million dollars last year. So he got over a half a million dollar raise, pretty substantial for Shalley to stick around. Yeah, I'm surprised by Shallowy getting over a million. I wouldn't have anticipated that. I think there's a premium paid on forwards. You know, you always pay more for the guys that score you goals. You can look around the world and that's always true. Going back to goalkeepers, how I was saying Tim is overpaid a little bit. There's plenty of goalkeepers that are starting keepers that are making pennies. I think the average goalkeeper pay was only like 200 some thousand dollars. So you mm. you pay a premium for certain positions. Ford is one of those. Shallowy was up for MVP one year, almost the MVP. He had another really solid year in, I think it was 2018. And then obviously he's had some down years in between some of these. So it's it's the give and take of that role. I think he's been pretty important this year though. He leads the team in goals and assists. Granted, two goals, mm-hmm. three assists. There's not been a lot of scoring on Sporting Kansas City. But I think he's working hard. He's trying to earn his money. I saw people were like kind of mad about Shallowy's pay. And obviously, you'd like more production out of him, but you'd like more production out of this entire team. And lately, they're finally winning. Imagine if they hadn't won these two last games and we were getting these numbers, how much worse all the numbers would look. Because sporting is the 13th highest payroll in MLS, but they're 29th in the standings. 
yikes. Yeah. Yeah, that would have been interesting. I'm glad we don't have to explore that. Yeah. So I will add a little context to that too. Salaries are only part of the equation because there are also transfer fees that are not listed in these numbers. But on that point, Alan Polito, three and a half years ago, had an $8 million transfer fee to bring him to the team. So you lump that in there. That's $2 million on average for every year of his contract. It's $4.2 million you're essentially paid to have him on, not on the field, really, frankly. I have a question going back to Kyrie. At the end of this season, could they renegotiate with him? Because I know we signed like a five-year contract or whatever it was. Like, could they lower his pay or no? So that would have already been pre-negotiated. Now, if they'd have given him a contract that had more option years in it, like a lot of players on this team have options in their contracts. So it's like the, the option ends at the end of this year and then they can pick it up. I'll give you an example. Uh, Jake Davis. He is contracted through this season, but they have an option for 2024. So basically, if the team picks up his option, he gets whatever was pre-negotiated for 2024. Kyrie Shelton, on the other hand, he has a guaranteed contract through 2025 with an option for 2026. So they are stuck with Kyrie for two more seasons guaranteed, plus the rest of this season. They could buy his contract out, or I'm just like, kind. I know my, my head says this is wrong, but my heart is hopeful that, that sounds awful, but that he <laughs> has a lower contract in these other years, like that they did some sort of weird front-loading math, like, hey, we have some budget left this year, let's throw it to Kyrie now, and know that it will give him a lower number later, and that he's still going to work hard. That said, he's not working hard. Well, that's probably not fair. He doesn't look like he's working hard when we watch him on the field. A lot of loafing. Maybe it's because he's been hurt. I thought he was kind of hurt last year at times, and he went down injured the other day with an adductor injury, which is something he's dealt with in the past. So maybe it's been nagging with him, and we're picking on him for an injury that he's trying to play through. That said, still a terrible contract. Still no clue why that was ever re-signed. Yeah, that, there's so many other players on this team that I would have switched his um, salary with and given him something lower. Yeah, it's it boggles the mind. It's a lot of people I saw today on social media, Reddit and etc. saying Shelton has this contract, Vermees out. Like I was coming around on Peter after <laughs> these last two games, but I'm back on Vermees out. It, it is a it is a bad contract. There's just really no way around it. It's in the words of Peter Vermees, a head scratcher. Honestly, was that that was a Ben Sweat that said that, right? Oh yeah, it was. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> you know, speaking of players that are not on the team anymore, Uri. Roselle, I remember Sporting cut him before the season. He was making around half a million dollars. I don't have the number in front of me. But mm -hmm. I remember I said, oh, LA picked him up. Good. Now LA's on the hook for whatever portion of salary they gave him. Well, they gave him the minimum. So Sporting are still oh. paying Uri over $400,000 to not play on their team this year, which may maybe that's the second worst contract on this team, even though he's not yeah. on the team anymore. <laughs> Do we know anything about Ben Sweat's contract with uh, the revolution. We absolutely do. He's making 250K. Now, that said, Uri what? also. No, no, hold on. That's what he made on sporting, though. So oh. that's the number that. Uri says the full number on the salary release. And we only found out that because an LA reporter got the information that, hey, they're not actually paying this full number. They're only paying the minimum. So Ben Sweat, probably in the same exact situation. If you're if you're New England, why wouldn't you just give him the minimum knowing that Sporting have to pay the 250 regardless? So, so we don't really... So to answer your question, I guess, no, we don't really know. Mm -hmm. Gotcha. All right. Any other salaries yeah. or numbers that are jumping out at you that you feel worth digging into? 
I feel like maybe because I just love Remy so much, like I would have been okay if he made a little more. He's a hustler. He's in all the games. Like 900,000 seemed good for me. Like I think he deserves a raise. Well, then you'll be happy because I'm sure next year he's going to get 900000 He got a $50,000 raise. Last year he's at eight hundred and fifty now. And a lot of these guys have these pre-built $50,000 raises in their contracts when they're on these big deals. And guess what? Remy has one more option, 2024. So I'm guessing he's going to make nine hundred k next year. Yeah, I'd say he's earning every penny of that. Yeah. That you know, was... one one thing I want to add here is something that kind of throws people off and I think is worth a mention is I mentioned that designated player rule, right? The teams get three designated players. You can spend unlimited amount of money on three guys. It's really kind of two because sporting have those three U22 guys and you cannot have three U22 guys if you have three true expensive DPs. So honestly, looking at the numbers, I don't know how they're swinging it because Gotti Kinda has a big transfer fee. Eric Tommy doesn't, but he has a big salary and Plato has a big transfer fee and a big salary. So Gotti Kinda is only the sixth highest played player on the team, 918,000, but he counts as a DP because they paid $4 million to get him a few years ago. So add a million bucks to that because it's the million prorated over every year of his contract. And honestly, it might be more than a million because he was a loan for the first year. This is where I'm getting in the weeds. This is where people are like, why is is Chad more in-depth and Sheena's casual? Well, this is why, because I like know all the spreadsheets (laughs) and nonsense rules and things that are going on out there. Yeah, you're talking real nerdy right now. I think Sheena fell asleep at her microphone and I had to wake her up. Yeah, I was getting a little like heavy-eyed. It is late at night, Just one of my eyes. Just one of my eyes is getting Both of us are struggling with grammar. I've left words out of several phrases and sentences (laughs) that I've said you can't do numbers or certain English words here today. (laughs) Maybe it's a sign that we should call it good. Any closing thoughts before we get the heck out of here and let people get back to their regular life and catch some soccer games this week? I do have one more question. Do we know Peter Vermees' contract? Was that included at all? It's not because this comes from the Players Association, so I don't know if there is or isn't a coaching association, but I've never seen salaries for coaches. I would like to get my hands on that because I do think it would be red meat for people if they find out, oh, he's making way more, way less, or you know, maybe he's taking less money. And maybe that's why their owners are willing to stick with him. He wants to do more for less. That said, we heard Burhalter was making well over a million as the US coach. And for me, he's turned down the opportunity to even interview for that job. So you got to think He used that as leverage, knowing those numbers when he went back to the table to get his five-year extension. That hasn't even started. That starts after the season. That's Oh, I didn't even realize it didn't include this year. Well, that's wild. Yep. Peter, going to be around for quite a bit longer. All right, y'all. I hope you enjoyed this bonus episode. This is kind of, I think, how we're going to treat this podcast going forward. We're going to do a podcast on Sunday. Sometimes it leaks into Monday if life is too busy because of late soccer matches or literally like club soccer matches for the kid. But we might sneak some bonus episodes in later in the week, depending on how things go. If something really big goes down, emergency podcast, whatever we might need to do. But if you've made it this far and you're enjoying the content, be sure to go subscribe. You can just search for The Glory KC wherever you get your podcasts. If you enjoyed the show, go on the Spotify app, click the those little three dots and rate us five stars or go on Apple Podcasts and give us that five star. Plus you can write a little review that we can read. You can also follow us on social media at For the Glory Casey on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. You can follow me at Play for 90 on Twitter. You can email us for the glory Casey at gmail.com. And here he is, Christian Leo playing us out with Ride It Like You Mean It. Take care, everybody. Bye. Have a good week.